0: The Creative Trust is a limited podcast series to celebrate 20 years of Gloss Creative. Together with our Stella alumni, we'll share everything we know to be true about the creative process and the business reality of running a small but powerful design platform. Two decades ago, I started Gloss Creative as my creative platform for experimentation and exploration. What has ensued has been an endlessly rewarding creation of ephemeral installations, each one put up, pulled down, each one leaving an enduring mark on its audience. I learned early on that I could make audiences fall in love with environments simply by making them feel and experience something. Memories that lasted long after the physical immersion had gone. It crystallised my long-held belief that your business plan is to harness your unbridled creative force and that creative renewal is your most powerful weapon over time. Welcome to The Creative Trust. Over the years, a lot of people have told me and teams have told us and the people in our team they love the way that we present. People have said to me, there's no one who presents like you guys. And I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, Surprised and not surprised in the sense of it's nothing really that I thought about for a long time, but not surprised when I thought about, actually, we put a lot of work (laughs) into this. So I decided that today it would be a really great idea to talk about part of the creative process in our presentation which is the mood board and um, over the last 20 years we've had really only two or three amazing people work on these and I am very excited today to say that we have Steph Alberta with us who Gloss alumni who is now the creative director at the big group which we pretty excited about. Steph hung out with us in the studio on By the Arga for almost a decade and yeah, so we're very excited to have her and of course her mood boards were just unbelievable and we would pour over them, you know, for hours just crafting and finding the right picture. So um, thanks for joining us, Steph. It's going to be interesting and also we have Jahan Postma who is kind of I guess when she first started with us was like Steph (laughs) 2.0. But over the last six years has grown into, I guess, the gloss creative arbiter of cool. So um, as a creative director now, Jahan has just really defined her style, um, which is really exciting to see as well. And once again... Same thing as Steph, you know, we pour over these ideas that we have and trying to find that right picture and, you know, like Steph, you know, your mood boards. When I think really there's, you know, only those two people who've worked on that, it's pretty incredible. It'd be great to print them all out and see what it is. To complete today, we've got Joel Bartfelt from Joel Found, which is fantastic and he is um, brand guru um, within Australia but also loving having the conversations with you about creativity. So really interested to hear what your thoughts uh, around this are and I've really sprung this on you. Everyone else has had the questions but not you, Joel, so you're freestyling now, which will be good. Then during the last 20 years, while Jahan and Steph toiled out the back in the studio of Gloss Creative there was a little girl called Zara Cre- Zara Guistella. I was about to call you Zara Creative <laughs> but that could her be let's yeah. go with that who had an enormous pin board in her room so while Steph and Shahan were out the back as a child Zara started to create her own pinboard with images so I thought it'd be a really fun thing for you to be here today too. So, um, Steph, let's start with you. Thinking about your personal creative process, what role does the mood board hold for you? Oh, this is such a good question because
1: I probably use the mood board as the jumping off. Like it's the platform that I jump from before I dive into a presentation and like a creative concept. It's something that I find it really hard to let go of and pass on the creative mood boarding process to other people and it's actually something that I've had to work on in the last few <laughs> years now that I've got, got that feedback yeah got a little, <laughs> f- little a few things going on with the rest of my team but it also to me it's it's the very beginning of the process because it's where you kind of cherry pick all of the languages that go into what you're trying to pr- like Pervert, pervade or project outwardly. And it's really hard to take clients on a journey that's just a narrative one, so that's just in written form. So the way we sort of start a mood boarding process is not, it's pictorially, it's through language, it's also through emotion. And to me, the mood board is the hero of the emotion, of projecting emotion. And there's, we'll probably dive down into it deeper, but to me, there's like quite a few like sort of categories within a mood board what you're looking for in reference imagery to pull the story together so that it makes an emotive as well as a literal translation to what your end design object is.
0: Is it the most important part of the prose?
1: I personally think it is. I'm of probably course. a little bit
0: biased. Between
1: a mood board and a floor plan, I think you can get anything across the line. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so I but I then also think I spend a lot of time and I actually learned this from you Amanda, when you've created a mood board, you then actually have to articulate what it's expressing. And so you can't just have a mood board without the the support of the view, of the language to like project the concept forward. And I think it's actually the mood board part people think is quite easy. But then I think when they realize that it's gotta uh, it's gotta be supported by language and they have to work harmoniously together, I actually think that's the hardest part for people to actually execute. And so that's I actually spent a lot of time with my team coaching him in that sphere about how you need to once you've done a nice mood board, you actually need to support it with language. And then the language also needs to support the reference images that you've got. So it's a real Eco ecosystem between the two
0: interesting how it's not just fluffy pictures what you're talking about to me is giving it meaning 100 percent. it and has think, to yeah. yeah otherwise
1: it's just a series of pages of pretty pictures it's, and
0: it's like yeah. oh that's anyone nice. can do that yeah yeah um jahan what about you i've seen your pinterest feed it's pretty amazing
2: um so i guess for the actual process of it i learned from you so i feel we have a pretty similar process um And it's really a tool to organise your thoughts and the
0: background of a project. So, actually, what I feel like you've started to say, Jahan, is about, you know, when you're saying it's about the background and everything. Yeah. It's kind of like research, really, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Sometimes when we're creating the um, documents, I can already see a scene in my mind and I'm either looking for references to describe that or as we're researching the concept, we find more material that's relevant and we continue to add more layers and it expands the horizons of what your ideas could be.
0: I think that's really interesting what you're saying about how you're looking for images to support the vision that you're already seeing. But for me, when you bring or brought the mood boards to me, I feel like that is informing the vision more. It involves yeah. the design of it as well. So it's like mm. a two-way street I guess I you know um you know I'm always excited to see what your version of that vision is and then I go oh my god we could do this we could do that and the whole thing builds and evolves so I think that um yeah I think that's that's such an important thing as well Mm. with that process
2: and um I love what Steph said about um creating emotion in the board as well because mm. that's really what you're trying to do you want to have your client form an emotional connection to your idea and you know fall get in love to come on yeah. your ride with the idea as well do you guys find that
1: often you'll present to a client and they go oh my god I love this image and they for some re- weird reason they always pick up one picture off a page that obviously really resonates with them it's weird I don't know I'd find that strange that there's just this one image always that captures them and yeah. like, <laughs>
0: Potentially hard because they might obsess on (laughs) it. Yes, true. When you're trying to be really wide in the first stage, or also vice versa, like they'll Mm.
2: they'll hone in on an image and say, "Is it this specifically?" But it's never really one particular picture. It's the images as a group.
1: Mm. completely, and I think that's so relevant. The concept of we all in this group strive to always like create new, not copy, and that's a really big. Like, I think we all learned that from Amanda um, and I think that's why mood boards are so important to be an idea jumping off point, not a resolve execution. Mm.
0: But Zara, we might um, talk to you about how you see the m- mood board in your world and how that informs your work.
3: Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit different to how you guys are. Obviously, it's through your creative process and your work that you guys are using these mood boards. Another word that people might be familiar with is a vision board, which to me, they're one in the same. Um, so you, you said this to me the other day, actually. You said that um, I didn't know that I was doing this, but I was creating vision boards when I was ready to move into the next phase of my life. Mm. So as you said, I'm also um, very analog with it. So part of it for me is about collecting the images, but I actually physically print them out And pin them on a pin board or glue them down and the selection process isn't just find images and put them on a page it is about the emotion behind the images how do i feel when i look at the images and it's half using these vision boards to inspire and to push you through to the next um, sort of phase of your life Um, but i think that they play a really beautiful role even in just the act of making them even if you never look at it again um, yeah, so quite quite different to to how you guys use them. But
1: I'm going to just ask a question here. <laughs> do you feel like it helps you solidify in your mind what you're wanting to achieve or like what yeah. you where you want to head?
3: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The first um, the f- how I how I do it, if you want me to briefly describe, is I will write a list of all of the things that light me up. So like a yes list or a joy list. Um, I'll write people, places, things, activities, small things like, you know, making a coffee in the morning. And then I'll go to Pinterest or Tumblr or I use Instagram a lot. My saved folder is like a... I
1: was going to bring that up. Oh my (laughs) gosh.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Because that's that's where you get inspiration the most. It's like save, save. And then you revisit it and you're like, this is a mood board in itself. Do you
1: know what I realized? Because People often ask me, what's my personal style? And I find that really hard to describe. And then I like, I often go back to my save folder and I was like, my personal style is my saved yeah. Instagrams. And yep. when I look at it, there's a visual language there. Totally. It's
3: weird. Totally. I totally. love that. I love that. So I basically take that folder and put it on on paper. But the things that I gather and print aren't always the things that end up on there. Um, I really try not to limit myself like I wrote a list and this list needs to go on the page. Let's ask Joel. Um...
0: Well, I think what
4: Zara said is really interesting around the, the concept of vision versus mood board and I think, you know, based on my um, awareness of the work that everyone here does, I'd suggest it's much closer to a vision board than an actual mood board. So it's, it's, it's semantics mm-hmm. and it might be, you know, a branding kind of challenge but really you know what Steph talked about is, you know, this it's it's uh, the inspiration for what she wants to deliver um, is done through your vision rather than you know a specific breakdown of it's going to be this plate and it's going to be this color and it's going to be this floral arrangement. So it's um, I think vision board is actually elevated mood board, but that's what you guys are building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've been privy to some of them. I, I want to see more. I actually, think. A, it could be a great book. Just mood boards, <laughs> mood boards of life. <laughs> There's broth. lots of them. <laughs> um, you know, pre- presuming that you can let those go. But it, that was a, even interesting, Steph. What you said about the ability to let it go, because it is that, and that elevates it as well. Because it's actually part of your creative that you have to kind of put out into the world, mm. um, and, and then get have it challenged, have it commercialized, have it compromised. Um, you know, and that's a skill in of itself. Totally. To, um, but I, I'm also interested in the space between um, the delivery of that and the, the the execution. So, you know, and that's a, a good reference again with the floor plan and the mood board because essentially, you know, in your work particularly, that's where you get to. Yeah,
0: It's like the floor plan is for all the people who love the logistics. <laughs> <laughs> it satisfies and calms them down. Mm. And the mood board is for the strategic think creative thinkers that, that they know that their project's going to feel like something. And, yeah, the floor plan, um, totally agree with Steph. Like, that's all you need because I think the idea combined with, well, what is it going to be, is the thing that it then sort of satisfies people in, in those early stages, definitely. Um, and I feel like... Basically, what you've sort of summarised to me is that it's about the thinking behind where you're going. And I guess that's all you're ever trying to present to a client, really, is this is what we're thinking. This is our perspective or our view on your brief as well. It's almost
3: like you need to know your client's love language. Like, how am I going to get my idea? How are you going to understand it? it? Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's true. It's true. Before we go into very practical things, like I'm going to ask you actually how you go about constructing it because we want people who are listening to this to take something home with them um, I would like to ask about what you think inspo is in relation to this what's your opinion on the difference between copied works and inspired original work as it as it relates to images so Steph if you want to start so like to me I and
1: it's been an education over the years but I Like original is always going to be best. It's always like and I think you can be inspired by but I think there has to be a critical change so that you can put your own stamp on it, you can give it its own life because we're sort of at this point in like the life of the world where nothing's really that new. There's always evolutions of things and I think so long as you can be inspired by something and evolve it to become something else that you can confidently stand in front of and say… That's me. I did that. I didn't I didn't copy. I didn't take that from anyone else. I think we see this through fashion predominantly is um, where it's probably most um, relative. And I also think that the copy version is never the original and it's never going to have the same value. It's never going to have the same credibility. It's never going to have the same emotive execution that the original piece had. So to me, I really struggle with copying personally
0: great I'm glad (laughs) (laughs) what about you Jahan what do what do you think's good spo and what inspires you and how do you get it but then what's that tipping point you know that Joel's talking about that conversion from the inspiration into the core to actually come up with the idea how do you how do you move that what's how do you make sure it's original what's your personal way of doing that
2: Uh, I think also another key is looking outside your field, you know, um, draw inspiration from lots of different areas and then change their context and that um, creates, you know, original ideas as
0: well. Mm, Definitely. And, you know, I do think that's an amazing thing where, you know, obviously we all know what we look for. We look for food. We look for theatre. We look for art, um, architecture, interiors, almost anything really um that fuels that point but do you see with um the creative direction um what are your cause Jahan like where where does it take is it this vision that you see that then you apply that inspiration to do you see things in pictures
2: yeah definitely I am very visual in my mind you know when we're brainstorming um I feel like already we've created the idea sometimes before we go to mood boards. So it doesn't – the ideas don't always come from referencing existing projects.
0: Mm, Because we've already had the discussion and thrown around some ideas as they relate to the brief. Yeah, exactly.
2: And um, the words are just as important for feeding those ideas as the mood boards.
4: Um, I I was just – this is something I feel very strongly about because I – really believe in the idea of um ideation and originate original ideas and you know i think there's so many people who um copy shamelessly um and don't feel any any kind of um
0: remorse remorse
4: or 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 or, and then and that diminishes the value of um creativity and 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 how people should view design or you know um idea creation so i feel very strongly about this i think you know you've all touched on it, and something gloss does really well is that notion of cross-referencing so and that sort of I just made this note that's the idea of show your work so where did this idea come from what was the process to bring us here and I think that um is a way that you know you're going to be inspired and 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 and, um ideas come from a lot of different places but if you can say that this was an organic um owned process that we went to went through to get to this point um then that means it's original essentially
0: it's true and You know, I'm sure if you put us all in a room individually and gave us the same brief and said come back with that, they'd all be pretty similar anyway. People do think in the same way but I do feel like, as you say, if you take those steps of your creative process, whatever it is, and it's genuine, you do end up with something original, which is pretty exciting seeing everything's been done before.
4: (laughs) I think what we have to kind of acknowledge is, social media has homogenised so much mm. and it, and that's really distressing on one level um, but, uh, you know, it's also a tool that you can use to move things along as well.
0: And on that note, you're the generation of social media, Zara. Um, I'm really interested about how you see what's in Spo for you, you know, with your vision boards and in general, you know, how do you convert that to... Um, something that is original for you.
3: I think anything that's an extension of your essence or your mission is going to be original, even if it's taken from or inspired by others. If it is a true thought form that you've, you know, channeled or brought into existence, there's no, there's no way. Like if you happen to have the same idea as somebody else, it's, you know, it is what it is. The intention is um, the most important part, and. The intention is the most important part. Mood boards are there to make people feel something. That's the that's the role that they play. When you present to a client or you make it for yourself, you you want to feel something, and and you make sure that you put intention into into the work that you do. With social media, like you guys have said, the it is a shame when you see so many people copying other people. Um, however, there there is sometimes creativity that can come from that and we see that through Instagram reels with people using the same audio but doing their own version of it it's so, it's fun actually yeah, yeah it can yeah. be really entertaining and hours wasted um, <laughs> watching <laughs> reels
0: why do you think uh, mood boards have become so popular was it because I don't know like I feel like Oprah maybe did them yeah. <laughs> or something like 20 years ago. Why do you think the vision board, mm. uh, I think have, it's like been a magnet for yeah. a lot of people around the world have really got on board with it. Mm. Why do you think it's so attractive?
3: I think there's a few factors that have gone into it. The first one is the sort of wellness mindset revolution that has happened over the last five or ten years where people are starting to value the role that it plays in their life. So therefore people are living with more intention and and um the other thing that is something that I've noticed personally is a word the kids are using, aesthetic. So how I make my mood boards now is I will put the word that I want into Google with the word aesthetic following it. And the mood board is almost there immediately. There is some 13 year old aesthetic. Yeah, ah,
2: right. For years, guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you see it sometimes like somebody posted on Instagram a story, um, actually it was Greta Nash, a director that we know amazing. Yeah, she was in a library and she just captioned it, you know, it's the book aesthetic for me or it's the old library aesthetic for me. And I was like, yes, this is it's, it's a, a vibe. Theme. Yeah.
1: I'm going to ask a kind of controversial question. Do you think that the from the mood board wellnessing, wellness thing, it's kind of like the new religion to me in a way. Like we've mm. sort of evolved out of traditional religion and what that plays in our life. So then this wellness holistic, to me, that's where that is flipped over. And instead of having things like an altar and like symbolism. Oh, they still have altars. Yeah, yeah like Dynamies. symbolism through religion and that where you yeah. pull those things together. It's now kind of it's a, in a smaller world. It's you, not the whole of the globe. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, like it's distilled a bit more?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I I think you're spot on, like you're on the money there. It It's just the new religion really. And if you think about what a belief system is, it's just a thought that you repeat to yourself. Mm. So it's natural that we're all creating new belief systems and, and being shaped by the wellness revolution.
4: I might simplify things a little bit and go a bit off topic but I think ultimately it's to do with social media and digital access to images so mm. prior to only the last 20 years so gloss's existence like we didn't have the speed of access we didn't have the te- technology that allowed us to pull these references together so quickly and i think uh, unfortunately the short answer to everything is instagram i, I this is this is off topic it's but but, <laughs> no, but um
0: you can grow a business uh, on instagram
4: well, well um everyone's noticed that halloween has become a giant thing in australia when it never existed before and the Really simple reason for that is mums want content for their boring Facebooks. (laughs) (laughs) So they dress up their kids because they want to fill two days' worth of content feed Mm. and that's why um, Halloween is now all of a sudden this huge event in Australia. So it's like, I mean, there's a beauty to the visual format being the altar and the religion but it's um everything begins and ends with Instagram, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It's basically a picture tells a thousand words. Yeah. And I guess that's why we kind of all love the mood board as well. So I have got one question for everyone. I'm really interested to know how you start a Pinterest, you know, a, sorry, a mood board. What programs do you work with? Um, and yeah, just how you start it, what your process is. Maybe Jahan, if you want to mm-hmm. just talk about how you start.
2: So I. I use Pinterest as an organisational tool. So I guess that is the main tool I use to start from. And I love um, in your browser, you can have pin from browser. So I'll be looking at different blogs and I'm just always curating these archives of images that I can pull from for future projects. So as soon as we start a project, I just go back. And I also love Instagram save. So I've got, you know, lots of these archives of references to look at. And that will sort of show me what have I been inspired by lately and are these things relevant to the project I'm working on. So I'll just start to put them together and there might be hundreds of images and then I'll just keep drilling down and um, refining the pool until I get these six pictures for a board which are right and describe the project
0: best. Would you say do you like lots of images or fewer images?
2: I think it's great when you can have four images after you've started it you know you're looking at researching hundreds of different not just images but projects because it's not it's not just about um, pictures you're looking at the background of these pictures as well um, but the, the more concise you can be with fewer images to tell this story the better
0: and I just love it when you come back to me um, and Steph was the same as well it's like We've got the mood board to a certain thing. And then you just somehow go back and you bring me something with fashion in it or a person in it um, or a theatre set. Uh, You know, talk about how you like to pull from different sources as well.
2: Our projects always have interaction with people. They're rarely just scenes. So when you can show... A board that has human interaction in it, which is why runways are so good because it shows people interacting in a space. And it might not just be because they're these beautiful people, but um, how they're walking through, what's the layout of the space—that's so amazing.
0: Fantastic, Steph. How do you go about the mood board? What's so your do you use? What do you use? Um, Adobe products, what do you use? Yeah, we
1: generally do all of our um, presentations out of InDesign. We just find it easy and very straightforward. It's funny because we're a very large company and so we have um, basically Mac and PC users, if that makes sense. So my creative team, we all work off Macs and we all use the Adobe Suite. But then the other part of the business, they use PC and they all do their sort of presentation boards through PowerPoint which when they come across to us, we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to work this back into our <laughs> stuff. Trying not to compare the pair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And often they'll send stuff over and like, can you just make this look better for us? Like we're trying to get this across the line from the sales team or that. And we just need help to make it look kind of like what you've done, but not whether you doing it. Um, but so for us, we, there's a couple of ways we do. We, because we're like the big groups, quite a, we've been around for, ...25, maybe 30 years now. Amazing. Which is pretty amazing. So we've actually got an amazing catalogue of images... ...because pretty much every single like, gloss... ...every single project has been photographed and documented. So we've got this actually amazing suite of um, food reference images... ...of work we've actually done in the past... ...which we can pull from, which is amazing. Um, but then on top of that... ...so that'll make up a small portion of our um, projects when we go to sort of mood boarding because we sort of really specialise in where food and a physical space interact. That's sort of kind of the niche that we work within. Um, And then on top of that, I – so I use Pinterest as a jumping off platform. I sort of use it as a way to go down the rabbit hole on things. Um, And again, I like to Google very broad generic things like the – ...in a um, Google image search aesthetic afterwards. Anything after with set design or design at the end of it, you get a broader scope... ...because unfortunately Pinterest has been filled with a lot of ads and junk... ...and just terrible bad Etsy ideas that (laughs) just dilute it. In In the beginning, like it was amazing Pinterest. It was quite edited and there's probably scope to actually create a more edited version... ...of Pinterest if anyone wants to pick that up. I'm a bit busy mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but the idea for me is that you like I like to pull from same as you guys lots of different touch points so architectural interior design um, restaurateurs uh, food bit of like um, winemakers sommeliers all different um, disciplines as well as fashion I find the most inspiration out of fashion I think because it kind of evolves and moves the quickest and it changes the quickest. They've always got the they're always sort of at the forefront of colour. I think the way they can pull colour together and play, so I'm every time there's like it's just been Paris Fashion Week and I'm just like Totally. Just absolutely devouring it like there's no tomorrow. Um, and so then I, I actually pull all of my references straight into different folders. So I have like you've got your Pinterest I've got a general inspiration folder ...that sits on the desk, that sits on our Dropbox that everybody in our team can see. And I just randomly seed things into there and I'll be like, if you need anything... ...just go look in there, guys. You might find something that's appropriate. Um, and then how, when we actually start a project... ...I actually break down the categories of what we're trying to um, convey... ...or just like random ideas that could come back and form a part of the project... So, it'll just be like colour and then it might be something random like structure and it quite keeping it quite loose and general. And then we sort of distill down into whatever the sort of niche version of that might be. And for every project, you guys are probably the same, I probably have like maybe six to 800 images across different categories that d- then distill down into like a seven or eight page document of maybe 30, 40 images. Yeah. So there's a big cull that happens. <laughs> totally. <laughs> def- to get
0: rid of – the more you take away, the more powerful it becomes mm-hmm. in a way. 100%. I'm really interested to hear that you put your own work on the mood board. Mm. Tell me about the power of that.
1: I think because it gives a lot of – we have sort of 50% um, what we call private clients. So they are um, – just regular people who are having a birthday party or a wedding or a bar mitzvah or something along those lines and generally it's good to be a little bit more literal because they are coming to us because it's not a field that they generally play in it's a milestone event they don't do it that often they generally have a like a a base creative aesthetic about things they know how they like things but they really are coming to us to help them sort of bring their brand to life if that makes sense. And for them, they like to see quite literal references of things we've executed. It kind of brings them a bit of comfort knowing that that's we've done it before. We can do it again. Whereas for corporate clients, which is our other 50% of our business, it's uh, just a great way for them to sort of again, sort of, sort of see a literal interpretation of, but also give them a frame point of like, okay, it's, the scale will be something along these lines. Like it's it's quite a literal thing. And also, we do a lot of things that. Are hard to reference in with food in some ways, especially food concepts. They're often like crazy things, like an edible garden. Like it's hard to sort of, until we do it once, it's a bit of trial and error. So once we've done it once, we know we can do it and it helps sort of push that concept forward with another client.
0: Which kind of leads me probably to the final question too, which is what is your favourite image of all time? <laughs> bit of a hard question. I don't know if you can answer both of
3: those it's funny as Steph was talking I'm drawing parallels I use my own images on a board so there was a beautiful sunrise in Byron Bay that just as soon as I see that image it brings me straight back to sitting there watching the sunrise so within that sometimes I don't know if this sounds conceited I'll put myself on there on no, my vision we. board like if, if I was at an event or at a wedding or at the beach or whatever just the time you felt really good um in terms of a favourite image ever, there is one, it's not an image, it's actually an artwork of, it's it's pink and it's two cowboys on horses riding off into the sunset and it's the most beautiful image I've, I've ever seen in my whole life and I think the reason I love it so much is I have no idea who did it and I cannot Google image search it, reverse engineer it. I... I cannot find it anywhere. So I think it has this mystery around it. I don't, I think I found it when I was about 13 or 14. And yeah, so I kind of love the mystery. It's something. something Yeah, it was like it was painted for me, but I'll never know who painted it. You can thank them later. Yeah. What's your favourite image? Oh, I haven't got one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me. I'm asking Jahan what's your favourite image of all time. Or one that just keeps appearing in your boards, you know. Yeah.
2: I think it changes every couple of years. At the beginning, I was obsessed with the image of Featherson House by Robin Boyd. It's the one with the levels, and there's an interior garden and mustard oh, yeah. carpet. Beautiful. To die for. Happy days. Um, and then more recently, there's this opera stage set. It's called the Black Monk, and it's got um, these huge spheres that almost look like they're in orbit above these people, and then this landscape it looks like out of space below it and I just keep sneaking it in every <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> and I'm glad you do yeah.
0: <laughs> what about you Steph have you got something that you're obs- continually obsessed with
1: oh I don't think I have because um we like honestly our projects are so varied and so broad to the point of uh, the player of ours once said I can't believe that you did this project two weeks ago and then we're standing in this project two weeks later we're very like varied and so it's really every project's so different it's really hard for me to think about how we'd lay something c- that would keep popping up yeah. um and it's also just I don't know I'm like ...I'm fleeting. I'm like, yeah, I love it for a moment then I move on. Like, I'm, I am very fickle. And I love
0: fickle and fact. C-
1: that's why we're in yeah. this industry. I get bored too easily. So yeah, I'm like, totally. I'm ready for the next thing yeah. all the time.
2: You need yeah. something new every eight weeks. Oh,
1: at least. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You've got to love yeah. that though, don't you? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: What about you, Joel?
4: Um, no, it's a very good question. I don't have one... Um, ...I mean, I love the photography medium. I think I actually lean towards photography for photographic art... ...than more than painted art... Um, I like Zara. Probably prefer a lot of my own images because obviously they take me back to something that I wanted to capture, and it's funny because I've got a I've got a secret um, that I'm going to share. But to getting an incredible image, I'm lucky that I travel with Ross and I live with Ross. Mm. So I just follow his eye, <laughs> and it's unbelievable, unbelievable because the way he sees things is. ...on another level. So if I see what he's looking at... ...I'm always going to capture something incredible. And it's funny because on our last trip before COVID... ...we um, went on an incredible trip that culminated on, um, in Morocco... ...and I had like 10,000 photos or something ridiculous... ...to the point where people we were travelling with were like... ...put your phone down. But it's like I captured so much... ...and I was really just snapping everything he he looked at. So I think one of a time we shared probably would be my favourite.
0: Amazing.
2: Yeah. I do with Amanda yeah. we're on a project at the end of the project and we're taking photos I never get good photos but she's I see her standing in a corner and I'm like I know that's a good yeah. shot
1: I am the worst photographer yeah. like terrible <laughs> and people are always like you must be quite good at it. I'm like no don't ask me to take the photo it will be bad
0: yeah. isn't that weird whereas I'm quite obsessed with documenting you know whatever I can obviously because you know I'm the one just coming in and going oh can we move that here can we do that but you know I'm trying to capture the essence of what we're doing while it's happening because it's so fleeting Mm. and this ephemeral nature and as you know I'll just keep on taking photos like hundreds and like Surely I could be finished now. It's like, oh no, just one more.
4: (laughs) I I love this as a final question because I think about like the photo you're capturing of whatever the event is or the installation from the mood board to see if it's actually achieved what you were what your vision was.
0: Totally. And we used to always stand back and we literally, you know, Jahan prints a big document that comes to sight with us so everyone can see it. And then people like are flipping the pages and they look down, they go, Oh, look at that picture. It's just like the real thing and it's like, yeah, it is. It's actually the power of mood boarding actually sort of ensures delivery and everyone's understanding of what and expectation of what's being delivered. So, I'd like to, in closing, put the mood board up there as one of the most important things in the creative process. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. Feel the gravitas. (laughs) 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 In true gloss creative style, we can only talk for about 45 or 50 minutes before we have to have a cup of tea or drink or some chocolate. So let's go and do that. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Thanks.